You know, we started a series this past week called Battlefront, talking about the battle for the church. And it's not just the battle for the church. Of course, the church is not a church. It's not a building without people. People are you guys, you and me, we are the church, right? So there's a battle going on for us. It's a personal battle. It's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. It's a battle that challenges us. How are we going to walk within this culture? It's a battle that is always before us. And we want to make sure that not only are we good soldiers in the battle, but we are at the battle front. We're not at the battle rear. You don't need to be the rear God in the kingdom of God. Okay? That, that's, that's just the rear guard. Let me say it that way. Not the rear God. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me, right? So you don't want to be back there. That was really good. You guys didn't get it. Man, I just on the, I'm on my toes today. That was good. Well, anyway, so here, here we go. As we talk about the battlefront, we talk about the simple battles before us. We make them so complicated, but they're really the battle between the spirit and the flesh. Last week, we talked about the battle for the mind and how your mind is really a filter. And it filters things that are sown within the heart. Oftentimes, oftentimes uh, deep within the heart. And sometimes it's stuff of the Spirit. Sometimes it resembles more of the flesh. A good way to tell this is out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Right? So that kind of tells us, that's a scripture there in Proverbs, and that tells us that, that uh, what we've allowed to be sown deep within our heart oftentimes comes out of our mouths. And so we've got to pay attention to that filter that we have, the battle for our thinking, the battle for our minds. Today we're going to jump in and we're going to go a little bit deeper in this battlefront. We're going to be talking about the battle for simple faith. Because the Lord knows we can complicate things. Jeez, there are so many formulas that we're trying to figure out. Life is complicated. It becomes more and more complex. They're saying now that, that children are having a hard time communicating with adults outside of their phone. Their iPods, their iPads, right? We, I, was, I was over at driving by WT the other day, and this guy walks right in front of me, and he goes across the street. The entire traffic is stopped, and he has no idea that we're sitting there in our vehicles. He's got headphones on, and he's got his, his face right here, and he's walking like this. And he just walks out in the street, goes plumb across the street. So I had to do it. <laughs> the poor man needed to be awakened in the name of Jesus, right? And so we have horns sometimes that help lead others <laughs> to recognize that there is a battle that's before us. Because we make it so complicated, so oftentimes we, don't, we no longer have simple faith. We've allowed all these other ideologies to, to, to come stringing in. And they come in and they, they give us other ideas, other thoughts about God that are contrary to the Scriptures. And it becomes very complicated. I know uh, a few years ago I was visiting with a woman and, and she told me, she said, uh, you know, Curtis, I believe all roads lead to the same place. All religions lead to the same place. And I said, you're right. Hell. Man, you got it. And she disagreed with that for some reason. Right? But we're talking about relationship. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus. We're talking about keeping it simple. We're talking about a God who has a name. And it's a name above all names. That, that we're talking about the first commandment. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. 
there's this battlefront. There's there's a wage of war, or there's war. Uh, 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 there's something going on. <laughs> Satan is waging war against the simplicity of Christianity. And it's dangerous. Albert Einstein once said this. He said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. How was Einstein? He's supposed to be a thinker. He's supposed to, you know, he had a battle for the mind going on. Confucius confused a lot of people but said this. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Bruce Lee. Had to get a manly man in here, right? Got some common sense about him. He said this, it is not a daily increase, but a daily decrease. Hack away at the inessentials. And I think oftentimes with, with our understanding of Jesus and how, how smart we want to show ourselves, we want to impress others, we want to talk to people about the transubstantiation. I know all of you know what that means. It, it was very important in church history, but it's simple to us today. Right? It's just God coming from the heavens to the earth. Let me explain that in detail. We want to show how smart we are. We want to complicate things so that we find ourselves on the throne if we're not careful. Oh, man, they must know God because they know so much Scripture. They know so much about God. They, they do so many things for God. Have you ever spoken with them? You can't even spoke to them on their le- or speak to them on their level because they know so much. We've got to be careful because the most confused People today are Christians and politicians. I had to add that. All right? Christians who are full of lofty, speculative, difficult, technical religion. See, we've got away from the way, the truth, and the life. It's been exchanged for the wrong way, the lies and the death of Satan. The gospel has been entangled and is now a complicated formula instead of the good news. The good news of Jesus that your sins have been bought and paid for. In an attempt to explain God and His Word, we've dissected and reduced Him down to one of two ways. These are the two ways. Only scholars understand Him. Now, you may not be in these conversations. I've been in these conversations for years, and I'm not even a scholar. I just tend to trip up. And land on one. Then he says, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I tripped and found my way here. And anyway, here you are, right? But some, we've reduced, we've reduced God's word down to this. Only the scholars understand it or only the ignorant, uneducated really hear the Lord. You see, the example of the scholarly, the Pharisees came up with illegal ways to avoid God. This is what happens with religion. We find safe, protective ways to avoid God. You see, we have supposedly holy lives, holy people. Well, let me say this. It doesn't even go that far. I would say it this way. I would say we have a holy table. We have holy communion. We have the holy cross. And we have lowly people. We, we, we've tried to avoid God by creating things about God. I'll give you another great one. Uh, years ago, you can remember this, not too many years ago because we're not that old as a church. Do you remember how the, the sanctuary or the auditorium, depending on how you grew up, what this place is, faced this direction? It had orange carpet similar to the orange pew back there. We kept that orange pew in here to remind everyone. We used to have orange pews. 
We had Texas fans in this place by the droves. Anyway, during that time, we had altars up there, and it was very easy, instead of having an altar team, to simply have an altar and convince people that all you need to do is come to the altar and kneel down before the Lord God Almighty. Well, you can do that in your closet. Now we have an altar team. Do you know why we have the altar team? Because, you see, we create things where we don't have to be exposed. Jesus in 1 John says that we are to confess our sins therefore to one another. Right? And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's easy to go before God sometimes. It's a little more difficult to go before mankind. We create things. We become religious so that we look like we're all about God instead of actually knowing God. The Pharisees, in their day and time, they wore these phylacteries, the scriptures on their forehead, and they would position themselves at the end of alleyways that would come into the center part of the city, and they would have a basket there, and they would encourage you to put money in the basket, and then they would offer you a prayer for forgiveness. You don't need the forgiveness of Pharisees. We need the forgiveness of God. You see, it was for their own benefit. Sometimes scholarship is simply that. It's for our own benefit. Now, the Scripture does say, study and show thyself approved. So we are to be people who study the Word of God, understanding that the Spirit will give us discernment about the Word of God. But if we're not careful, we'll become scholars ourselves. And it is a dangerous place to be because we are no longer humble, but we become prideful, and God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And then there are those that simply say, because you're educated, you can't hear from the Lord. Look, I've been in both camps. Probably more in the uneducated one than the other, but I'm just saying, right? Because the second point here is only the ignorant, the uneducated, really hear the Lord. And I've sat there before, and there are times that I I go, man, this person, they got a twist on Scripture. It's dangerous. I don't know if they know the Lord because they're twisting it up in in so many ways, in so many irrational ways. But then there are those who, who understand they've not been formally educated, and they feel like anyone who is absolutely does not hear the Lord. That's not true either. Acts 4.13 says this, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The only way to have proper interpretation is to keep it simple and be with Jesus. That's it. Y'all ready to go home? Yes, sir. (laughs) So here we are. So you have culture's attempt of explaining God. From Oprah to Dr. Phil to Hillary, and what about two Corinthians? You don't even get it. Psychologist, have you ever thought of this? Psychology, it's the study of one's soul. How can anyone know one's soul other than the one who created it? If you go to a psychologist, and I believe people should, I'm not opposed 
to this profession at all. As a matter of fact, I think there need to be more of them. And I probably need to see every one of them. But here's what I'm saying. Because we need to live a life out of wholeness. It needs to be holistic. And I truly get that. I believe that. And I believe psychologists can help us in that field. But if you go to one that doesn't know Christ, they can't speak to your soul. They can give you some good tools. I'm not saying they're completely worthless. I hope we don't have any in here. I, th I thought I saw one coming up here to get their check out of the basket just a while ago. Anyway, right? I'm not after that. I'm simply saying that if we're not careful, we'll try to identify with, with God in a way that is inappropriate, that is too complicated. No one knows the soul other than the one who created it. I've been on both sides. People who complain because I didn't have enough education when I first started preaching, and some frown on the education I have today. I get it, right? What about something simple? John Wesley stated the Scripture is the divine Word of God, and it contained everything necessary for salvation. So here's the truth. We need to come back, instead of a complex faith and the complexity of faith, we need to come back to a place of simple faith, simple truth. It was obvious that they had walked with Jesus. Does it get any more simple than that? I love that because ultimately Jesus explains the scriptures to us. You remember the walk to Emmaus? And these two guys are walking to Emmaus. It's after the crucifixion. Jesus shows up and he says, hey, what are y'all talking about? And they said, have you not heard? That's what they said. Have you not heard all the things that have just happened? Were you not paying attention? Where were you? And so he says, hey, tell me what's happened. And they tell him. And not long their eyes were open. And it says that he explained the scripture to them from Moses on. He walked with them. They walked with him. Faith that looked so complicated in their eyes then became simple. A simple faith. We've got a battle for the simple faith today going on. People are making it complicated. Culture is making it complicated. Simple faith is simply that of a relationship and that of obedience. Here it is. You do what you believe. So if you're not doing according to God or the Scriptures or those things, do you believe in Him? Are you walking with Jesus? Because we simply do what we believe. See, I know a lot of people who refuse to talk religion or politics. One in particular, at their house, it is a rule. Because they know when I come, I might bring something up. So, Curtis, two things you cannot do. Well, you know, I kind of like that for this reason. Because they have an absolute. It's not always a bad thing when you have absolutes. Here's simple religion. It's an absolute religion. Our call is to walk with Jesus. And as we walk with him, our faith increases. And as our faith increases, we resemble more of him in our life each day. Because we do what we believe. See, there are ways of doing business that are not up for negotiation or argument. That's just the truth. Some of you own businesses. And you go, you know what? Uh, isn't it amazing how everyone's an expert in your business? You get what I'm saying? Everybody's, everybody's going to tell you how you ought to run your business. Everybody's going to tell you how you ought to do something different. How you ought to advertise something or, or whatever. And at some point in time, you're going to have to nail down some absolutes. Try to plan a church. 
Because at some point in time, I had to say, man, I've got to look into harvest really deeply and say, what are our non-negotiables and stick with that because I'm getting every type of idea of what I should be doing. It's amazing how everyone has our, our experts in your business. And this is why we've got to have absolutes within our business, within our negotiations, within our understanding of even who Christ is in our life. We've got to have some absolutes. There's a right way and a wrong way. Right? And they're not going to change. I've settled this in my own heart. This is who I am. This is how I walk. This is what I'll do. And it's that way for the church. See, the church has begun to compromise absolutes all around the world. And because of its compromise, it's got itself into trouble. In many ways, people are not finding the simple faith in Christ what happened to the days when the westward expansion of Christianity happened across America? If you go back and study that, it says that uh, there are plenty of books. You can read one by Peter Cartwright. It's his autobiography. Uh, he was a, a circuit writer who, who rode across uh, from east to west. And, and he's interesting because he talks about the people and how they would come forward and throw themselves on the altar. And the only thing he preached was Jesus. That's it. It was just something simple. It's a man, and it's our walk with him. See, there's God's way, and there's everyone else's way. See, what choices do I have? Really, we only have one. And if we really understood this, we would stop making appeals, stop arguing, and hopefully stop whining. And we would have this place in our heart where we would surrender, and as we surrender ourselves, we would see God's ways and works through us. Because simply, you're going to see it. Paul tells the church at Corinth, and understand, when you look at Paul's letters to the church at Corinth, what he's doing a lot of times is correcting that church. Paul says, but I am afraid, 2 Corinthians 11.3, but I am afraid that. Now understand, this is a man who just said, I am afraid. Now most men don't confess to being afraid. Now listen to this man. He has been shipwrecked. He's been snake-bitten. He's been persecuted. He's been whipped. He's been put on trial. He's been put in prison. He's going to Rome to lose his life. And he says, I'm afraid. Really? Jeez, what would this man be afraid of? He said, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of a devotion to Christ. That you'll become complicated. And then you'll complicate it to the next generation. And eventually, Einstein's right. You can't even explain your faith to a six-year-old. Simplicity is what we should be after. It's a battlefront. See, it's a good thing to be afraid of false doctrine. I've seen the dangers of false doctrine trickling into the church. I've seen people's opinions become their idols. And as these opinions become idols, then, then these opinions make their way into the church. I've seen political action committees that have been formed. And you can talk to me afterwards and I can tell you who they are. That are really out there to impact and affect church doctrine solely. It's dangerous, and Paul recognized this danger. 
And although the Scripture is inspired by God, I want you to hear something. If we're not careful, if we're not careful with the Scriptures, we'll try to be inspired through our interpretation of the Scripture. So that sounded complicated. Let's break it down and make it more simple. All right? See, I do see that some Scripture is going to become more essential to me at this journey and time or season in my life. Do you hear me? Now, I'm not, I'm not throwing out Scripture. What I'm saying is there are some Scriptures right now in this journey, in this season of my life, that really appeal to me more. You know why? You know one of them? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but, have, but would have eternal life. Do you know why that is so appealing to me right now? Because I have a six-year-old that's about to turn seven. I told her I'd give her five dollars if she'd memorize that scripture. Two weeks ago. It's more important. That's the basis of who we are. I, I mean, she doesn't need to know right now at this point in her life about sacrificing turtle doves. Right? It's important to understand the sacrificial system at some point in time in your life, and I'll refer to Hebrews before we go to Leviticus for that. It's important to understand and know those scriptures, but there are some, some certain scriptures that really speak to me right now that in my life become priority, and you should have those too, that are speaking truth to you at this period, at this season in your life. Dave Browning says this, wrote this. He says, I am convinced that while there are many things to know, there are not many things you need to know to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. You need to know Christ. Most Christians are educated past their willingness to obey. Let me put it this way. Most know more than they are willing to follow. We're so busy getting in the conversations and not getting out of them and understanding there's a world out there that simply needs Jesus, that's been invited to his banqueting table, and we're arguing over the complexity of God. Simple religion majors on the majors and it minors on the minors. Simple faith. Don't you love this? I love Jesus kept it simple. This is what he says in Matthew 17 20. He said, If you have faith of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be moved from here to there, and it shall be so, and nothing will be impossible for you. There you go. Here. <laughs> he didn't say, If you'll fast 14 days, and at the end of that fast, if you'll live in penitence another 14 days, and if you'll drag yourself on your belly all the way to the altar and go back under the chairs in a certain way, and if you'll stand up and hold your right leg up next to your hip for over 45 seconds, then you can pray for that mountain to be moved in your life and it will be moved. The best way for a mountain to be moved in your life is to have the faith of Christ. That's what he's saying here. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, if you have faith of Jesus being with you and in you and upon you and you know you are walking in His strength and His might and His power and not your own, not your educated mind, but your faithful heart, you can tell this mountain to move from there. He says, keep it simple. John Piper, 
in the book The Pleasures of God says, many say this is a real battle, divorce, death, disagreement, but I don't believe it. And yes, it's real, and yes, it's a battle, but it's not the main battle. Is the field hospital the main battle? Is the field hospital the main reason for having troops on the field? What's the main reason sergeants are in the trenches? To settle soldiers' disputes? Do chaplains come along just to bury the dead? Or is there a war to be won? Man, that's, that's, that was an attractional statement to me. It is for the simple fact, look, our battle is making disciples who make his ways known. We've got to understand we may be specialists in certain areas with ministry, but the battle is still out there, and we need to know how to carry our weapons to keep it simple. While I was in the Army, regardless of MOS, regardless of mission of specialty, whatever it was, we were always told this, soldiers first, everyone trains on weapons Everyone understands how an M16 works. Everyone could load one. Everyone could fire one. Most could do nine millimeters. Most of us could go in the field and function as a soldier first, and that's what they would tell you. Yeah, you've got all these specialties. It's good you got all these things on your wall. It's good that you've been to all these schools, but when bullets are flying, you better shoot them back. You better remember who you are. You're running around there as a medic. Ah, he's hurt. Oh, you poor thing. Let me get a tourniquet out for that. Bam. You're picked off. You might want to fire back. Right? We were told over and over and over, remember you are a soldier first. Remember we walk with Christ first. It's not your religion who saves you. It's your relationship that saves you. Keep it simple. Our battle is making disciples who make his ways known, not complicating people. I love it. I love the fact because I know this. People don't come back if they're not challenged. I know if you don't learn something, that your mind has to be functioning. It has to be willing. Sometimes I share some Greek. Last week was the term metanoia. Any of you remember what it means? So you don't learn a darn thing here. <laughs> Jeez. No, you say, I don't speak Greek. It, you know, you're trying to get educated on me. Anyway. But I, I agree with the challenge there. But it's got to go beyond just a challenge to a relationship. Everything that we do ought to point us into a relationship with Jesus. See, it's not over-educating folks. The battle is actual Im implementation. We say this all the time. Application makes all the difference. The major in Christianity is its mission. It's not just hearers of the word. This is what James says. It's not just hearers of the word. It's doers of the word. So we need to become doers of the word. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This 98% of true Christian churches have this as their mission statement. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's important that we see the battlefront. And it's simple. Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm the commander of the heavens and the earth. If you walk with me, you'll be one of my soldiers and you'll be victorious in these ways. Making disciples. Baptizing. Being led of the Holy Spirit. 
See, the battle today for the church, folks, one of the battles on the forefront is keeping it simple because it's become so complicated and overeducated that many don't even believe in Jesus anymore. I had professors in divinity school that no longer believed in the Jesus that I believed in. Way too complicated. Way too far out. I can tell you and give you examples of professors at universities today, at Christian universities that profess and proclaim that they no longer believe in Jesus, as a matter of fact, never have, but teach theology. Complicate it and complicate it to the next generation. We've got to keep it simple. You know, this week, yesterday, I did a funeral. And last week I was with this man and he was on his dying bed and uh, I sat down next to him and I said, have you made peace with God? Just up front, going to ask him. He shook his head and I said, listen, and I put my hand on his chest and I said, you've got to call on the name of Jesus. It's that simple. There is no name anywhere that is more powerful, that has more strength than this Jesus that I know. And I started saying it over and over. Jesus. 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 And he just nodded his head. You know, it's important that we just keep it simple. We make things so complicated. I get it. We all want to learn. I get it. We all want to grow. We want to know why God did what he did. The attributes of God are seen all throughout Scripture. All Scripture is important. But we've got to learn to keep it simple and keep our mind on Christ and Christ alone.